We talk of Christ, we rejoice in Christ, we preach of Christ, we prophesy of Christ, and we write according to our prophecies that our children may know to what source they may look for a remission of their sins. We're on episode 14. This is the Easter episode. The title is, I am he who liveth, I am he who is slain. And we're sitting at March 29th through April 4th. I have had so much on my mind lately in regards to this podcast, just really um, thinking about the balance between podcasts and family and am I supposed to be doing this? And the answer that I keep getting is that um, if my family, if I'm still able to take care of my family and do what I'm supposed to with them, then I can do this. And also like you read in um, the Doctrine and Covenants about if you are desirous, you're called to the work. Let me look up the exact phraseology. If you go back to, um, I'm in section 6 right now. This is verse 3. It says, Behold, the field is white, all ready to harvest. Therefore, whoso desireth to reap, let him thrust in his sickle with his might, and reap while the day lasts. And I've been thinking about this. He says, whoever will thrust in his sickle, the same is called of God. And I had a desire to, to do this work and to, to bring hope. Um, that's really what this was all about, was to try to help people. I know about a year ago <laughs> when, uh, you know, our world came crashing down around us. And I was kind of scrambling, trying to find... A way to teach my children without them going to primary and I kept I had you know podcasts that I listened to for myself that was kind of how I was getting my my fill for Sunday school and you know kind of some adult gospel study and um, I kept thinking oh, it'd be so great if there was a podcast that could help me teach my kids that like I could use to help me plan our family home evenings or even just kind of give me a little bit to help me talk to the kids on their level about the gospel. And there's some things out there that I used and help, you know, things that were helpful, but the thought just kept sticking in my mind that I wanted to do this to help those out there who needed hope or help or even just an easy, an easy way to get some ideas. Um, but I hope people don't feel overwhelmed, like you have to throw together the most amazing lessons and you have to study the Doctrine and Covenants every single day. I really hope that you take what you can out of this and that you pray and ask Heavenly Father to guide you as you are teaching your family and just having everyday conversations with them. So just think about that and that's kind of what, what's been on my mind lately and I just wanted to share. So... Let's get into what we're talking about this week. In the manual, it says, Let the children share with you what they know about the reason we celebrate Easter. Ask them what their families do to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ at Easter time. It says you could also let them share what they're learning about Jesus Christ at home and in the scriptures. I think this is really good, especially if you have kids who are studying on their own. It would be great to have them share what they're studying. And kids that you work with, I mean, your own children, if you're teaching them the gospel, having them talk about what they're learning about Jesus with each other or asking them to tell you what 
you know, if they remember what you've been talking about, it's a good gauge to see how things are going. Um, and also, it's so sweet to hear their testimonies. I love asking my kids. Um, sometimes I'll be like, okay, well, what was that scripture about? <laughs> After we'll read something. And I don't think they're paying attention, but they still pull things out of it. And I love, I love hearing the way they simplify the scriptures. All right, so I wanted to talk about some traditions and ideas of how people celebrate Easter, just to give you ideas. I know a lot of people already have traditions, but some people, me included, are always looking for things that might work better for my kids in the age that they are, right? Because kids are always changing, so the thing that worked well for us last year or two years ago um, is not going to be what works the best for us this year or even in five years, right? And the things that my family did growing up are going to be different than the things I do for my own family and my husband's family traditions. We, you know, we try to bring those into play. So I'll just talk about some of the things that I know about and things that I've done. And, um, I know I asked this on Facebook a few weeks ago, asking for some feedback. So, um, that's another thing that, or I got some ideas. So if you go to the church's website, if you go, easter.churchofjesuschrist.org. There's like so many links there for tons of Easter activities and um, a lot of it is for, you know, adults or it could be for families, but you can gauge out of those activities if any of them would work for your family. Um, for example, there's like read a scripture every day or um, do some Christ-like service every day. Um, there's videos you can watch. And then there's links to just like so many things you can do. Um, one of the things is called Holy Week Day by Day, which kind of teaches you what happened during the Holy Week. And so it's like the week before Easter, it takes you through all the things. So, you know, it starts with Palm Sunday and it goes through the things that happened um, every day leading up to the crucifixion and then the resurrection. There's also, if you got... The daily texts when there was um, when they did light the world around Christmas, you can get daily texts to remind you of things you can do to kind of leading up to Easter. Um, so something I my family always did growing up, and I've started doing this with my kids, is we pull out some gospel art pictures, and I like the ones I have. Um, I have I have like the gospel art book that's all bound, but I also have a bunch of single pictures that I've, um, inherited. <laughs> and, uh, so I pull out all the ones having to do with the Holy Week and you can decide, uh, which ones would be the best to, for your kids to look at. And so my kids and I, we talk about what each picture is and what's happening in the picture and we put them in order of how they happened. So, you know, you start with Palm Sunday and we talked about, um, the Last Supper and the, you know, the sacrament and we talked about, um, Gethsemane and we talked about, you know, all the, the things leading up, you know, the, the betrayal and, um, him being accused and, and then eventually crucified and then the resurrection. And so those are kind of the pictures that I usually use for my kids. Um, so that's something I like to do because they like, they, the pictures really engage them and putting them in order is good. Um, so that's something I always like to do. Another thing that I've done in the past, and I really like, my husband's family does this every year, and my family has done it, they did it when I was younger, um, but I know a lot of people love this, is the, the resurrection egg hunt, which means, so what you do is you get, um, 
12 things that represent the story. And there's different ways of doing it. Some people, I mean, there's lots of different ideas out there. You could go to Pinterest or um, there's ideas on the church website, like in the friend and stuff. You could do this. So you put little emblems in each of the eggs and then you hide them and you put numbers on them. And so then you open them in order to tell the story. And so um, it can have a scripture in there as well, or it could just be the thing in the in the egg, then you can use that to tell the story. And the kids kind of get into that because they get to do the egg hunt. And that's fun. Um, so if you go to the end, the friend, um, this year it's in March, but every year you could go to any, pick any year and find the, the one that is the Easter, um, edition. And you can find activities in there having to do with Easter and things to do leading up to Easter and crafts and food and all kinds of fun things that can make Easter fun and exciting. So this year in the the friend, there's so many good things. There's some, another thing I found in there is scripture time fun, which is a really good way to do, to get the come follow me scriptures exciting for your kids. Um, There's also in this month's friend there's the Easter picture book, which is really cool because it tells the story of the Easter in like the kid pictures. Like they're like cute and like cartoony. I was looking at them. I don't have a hard copy of the friend yet. I was going to go buy one. I subscribed and I haven't gotten it yet, but I was like, oh, that would be so cool to cut those out and like laminate them and turn them into a little book that I can keep like with our Easter stuff so we can get it out every year put it in my church bag or just have on the shelf so my kids can look at it. There's also a matching game that's there to teach you about Easter. Um, and then I also found this, which is not Easter, but it's super cool. There's church history cards. So that it's like, I think this month it's Hiram and Emma, no Hiram and Sophronia. And so the front is, you know, a picture of them. And then the back is like some facts and it's really cool. I was like, Oh, that's cool. Cause like, the kids love to have their trading cards and their collectible things. And so that might be kind of cool to put together and let them collect them all. Um, also, because this is the week of General Conference and leading up to General Conference, I wanted to talk about some things you can do um, to get General Conference, ex- you know, you're getting excited about General Conference. And I'm going to read what it says in the manual. It says, because General Conference coincides with Easter Sunday this year, you might consider how the conference messages, including the music, can deepen your family's testimony of Jesus Christ. And I I love that. And I was thinking about that because um, I always try to make conference a big deal and really special for my kids um, because it's a big deal and special to me. And so I want them to feel that and to, to know that it's exciting. And I know a lot of people out there turn it into a big holiday, right? It's all about the food and the traditions and the snacks. And so some of the fun things that I read about and kind of gathered some information, including in the manuals, these are things you can do to prepare for general conference. So you could have the kids draw a picture of the Savior and hold up a picture of him every time they hear a message or a song about Jesus during conference. You can make a list of truths they hear about the Savior during conference. And this, because this is, I mean, it's falling on Easter this year, which also happens to be my husband's birthday. So it's kind of exciting that we know that when it falls on Easter, there a lot of the messages are going to be about Jesus. 
and about the resurrection and um, it's so good. I'm so excited. Um, something else you could do is encourage a discussion about modern prophets testimonies of the Savior. You could assign each family member to read a portion of the living Christ and then talk about it or summarize it. Um, there's also in the manual, the family, um, individuals and families manual, there's a link to something called the Apostle T Testimony Montage, which is so good. Guys, I watched it and I seriously cried like through the whole thing. And my five-year-old was like, what is wrong with you, mom? But it was so good because it goes through, it starts with President Monson and it goes through <clears throat> all the living apostles since him. So, um, all the ones that are currently alive. So I think they made this while President Monson was still alive. And it's so good because it's all of their witnesses of Jesus Christ. And it's just powerful to listen to and to, um, to watch that. All right, I could go on and on and on about traditions and <laughs> general conference and things. But let's get into, um, let's talk about Easter and our lesson this week. So in the Individuals and Families Manual, it talks about Easter Sunday in 1836. It was April 3rd. And they had just dedicated the Kirtland Temple. And after they did the sacrament, Joseph and Oliver found a quiet place behind the veil of the temple and bowed in silent prayer. Then on this sacred day, when Christians everywhere were commemorating the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the risen Savior himself appeared in his temple, declaring, I am he who liveth, I am he who is slain. What does it mean to say that Jesus Christ is he who liveth? It doesn't just mean that he rose from the tomb on the third day and appeared to his Galilean disciples. It means that he lives today. He speaks through prophets today. He leads his church today. He heals wounds and broken hearts today. So we can echo the words of Joseph Smith's powerful testimony. After the many testimonies which have been given of him, this is the testimony which we give of him, that he lives. We can hear his voice in these revelations. We can witness his hand in our lives, and we can each feel the joy this sentence gives. I know that my Redeemer lives. I get really emotional sometimes. <laughs> This is going to be one of those episodes because it's so good. Um, all right, the first section is called Because of Jesus Christ, I Will Be Resurrected. All right, section 138 was a vision given to President Joseph F. Smith in 1918. And then he, this is his address to, at um, conference, which was the next day. And so he... He talked about the the vision that he had. And if you want to, um, with your family, or even just on your own, to look up the talk by M. Russell Ballard called The Vision of the Redemption of the Dead. And that was in October 2018 that he gave that talk. And he um, was talking about, the, it was the 100 years since the vision and he was celebrating it, and it actually happened to be his relative. So he was talking about that. It's also, I don't know if you remember, but his wife passed away, like, just a couple days before he gave this talk. And so, not only was he preparing this talk to commemorate this vision, but he is sharing his testimony about the resurrection and... Sorry... <laughs> His testimony of knowing that's where his wife was was very powerful. 
So go listen to that talk because that is like all the background because he talks a lot about all the things that Joseph F. Smith went through in his life, which made this vision that much more meaningful. All right. So I'm going to read verses 11 through 17. Hopefully you can bear with me, but it's good. And we're going to talk about it. As I pondered over these things, which are written, the eyes of my understanding were opened and the spirit of the Lord rested upon me. And I saw the hosts of the dead, both small and great. And there were gathered together in one place an innumerable company of the spirits of the just who had been faithful in the testimony of Jesus while they lived in mortality and who had offered sacrifice in the similitude of the great sacrifice of the Son of God and had suffered tribulation in their Redeemer's name. All these had departed the mortal life firm in the hope of a glorious resurrection through the grace of God the Father and his only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. I beheld that they were filled with joy and gladness and were rejoicing together because the day of their deliverance was at hand. They were assembled, awaiting the advent of the Son of God into the spirit world to declare their redemption from the bands of death. Their sleeping dust was to be restored unto its perfect frame, bone to his bone, and the sinews of the flesh upon them, the spirit and the body to be united, never again to be divided, that they might receive a fullness of joy. It says to use these verses to explain what it means to be resurrected. You could also show pictures of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus which um, we talked about with the traditions, but this is a good time to, to do this. And you could talk about what the kids know about that and then use the scripture or pieces of the scripture to talk about what that means, what it means to be resurrected. You can also testify that Jesus died for us and rose from the dead so that we can all be resurrected after we die. You can also, um, as part of this, use an object lesson that can teach the kids about what happens when we die with our spirits and our bodies being separate. And then when we're resurrected, our spirits and bodies come back together. Um, I talked about this last week with the glove. Um, if you don't remember that, but it's, you know, you put your hand in the glove. Um, and then when you take your hand out of the glove, it, it symbolizes death because the spirit leaves the body. So some other things, the manual suggested that you use a flashlight and batteries. So you say, what happens to the battery when you take or what happens to the flashlight when you take the battery out of the flashlight or if you take like the pen like the ink out of a pen um you can use gloves and mittens or you could even use like a costume you can see what would work for your kids if you can think of something that would be good for them like a puppet i've thought of using a puppet in the past um so you can talk about that what happens if you take a battery out of a flashlight then the battery or the flashlight doesn't turn on anymore. It doesn't work. But you can put the flashlight together again, right? If you put the battery back in the flashlight, it will work again, so it can be restored. You could also teach your kids or sing um, songs they already know about the resurrection. And these are the songs in the primary book about resurrection. Did Jesus really live again? He died that we might live again. Jesus has risen. Easter, Hosanna, had I been a child, he sent his son, Hosanna, on a golden springtime, the Lord gave me a temple. And then I also looked up resurrection hymns, and there's a bunch. It's not surprising. (laughs) There's a, there's a, um, a lot of really good ones. So you could teach your kids, behold, the great redeemer die. Christ the Lord is risen today. He died. The great redeemer died. He is risen I know that my Redeemer lives. Lord, accept our true devotion. My Redeemer lives. 
lo, the mighty Lord appearing, that Easter morn the glorious gospel light has shone through deepening trials, while of these emblems we partake. Um, the manual also suggests that you could consider writing a new verse for a song to include your testimony with it. Um, if that's something that your your family would be into, that is a fun idea. Or you can use the words from the song to draw pictures to illustrate it. Maybe each person in the family takes a verse or a line and, and draws a picture to go with it and you can make it into a little book. Um, you could also assign each of the kids um, a scripture passage from Doctrine and Covenant 63-88-138 and have them search their verses to find a phrase that they feel captures the message of Easter. Um, you could also do this with like hymns or primary songs if that would um, be good. So something that I thought of, um, one of the things I learned about as I was learning and brainstorming Easter traditions is the Easter tree. Um, this is something, if you know Emily Bell Freeman at all and follow her stuff, she talks about the Easter tree. And so what you do is you put, um, what she has you, you do is put like phrases or scriptures inside of an egg and then you hang them on a tree. Or you could like do it on the outside of the egg. You can write like one word that um, is your testimony of Jesus on the outside of the egg and then you hang the eggs on the tree. So I went through those verses that I told you and found some things that I thought were phrases that captures the message of Easter. And I just wanted to read a couple of them to you. So this is from section 63, verse 49. All things become new. They shall rise from the dead and shall not die after. And then in section 88, 14 through 17, and then verse 27. Um, the phrase that, one of the phrases that stood out was, through the redemption which is made for you is brought to pass the resurrection from the dead. And then down in 16, resurrection from the dead is the redemption of the soul. And then verse 27 says, For notwithstanding they die, they also shall rise again a spiritual body. And then in section 138, which is what I read earlier, this is in verse 14, Firm in the hope of a glorious resurrection through the grace of God the Father and His only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. I love that one, by the way. That was probably my favorite one. And then 15, Filled with joy and gladness and were rejoicing together because the day of their deliverance was at hand. Down in verse 16, to declare their redemption from the bands of death. Um, and then in verse 17, united never again to be divided, that they might receive a fullness of joy. Aren't those powerful phrases? I love the spirit that it brings when you read the scriptures. And even if you just have to find a part of a verse to read to your family or a small thing to teach them, the scriptures are powerful and they bring the spirit into our homes. So I encourage you to use the scriptures as you can. So another thing you could do is have them make cards with a phrase or a scripture in them that they could send to somebody, to, you know, a happy Easter card. Or it could be someone that's mourning or going through something hard. Um, so that could be a, a neat thing to do with, as a family as well. They could also explain to a younger sibling or a friend what it means to be resurrected. So that's a good way to reinforce or to kind of check and see how well they understand it. So questions you can kind of use to kind of encourage that is what happens to our bodies and our spirits when we die? What happens when we're resurrected? How did Jesus Christ make resurrection possible? 
You could also show the video Because He Lives, which is on the church's website, and let the children share how they feel about what the Savior did for them. And then to deepen your study as a parent or a family member, you could use scriptures in the guide to the scriptures that talk about atone or atonement or Jesus Christ Redeemer or things like that because those are things that are going to help you understand the event of the atonement and resurrection in a deeper level. Alright, the next section is called The Prophet Joseph Smith Saw Jesus Christ. So you could show the, the kids a picture of Joseph Smith's first vision and ask them what's happening in the picture. You can ask them to find Jesus and ask them what they know about other times that Joseph saw the Savior. Um, so you can tell them, because they probably don't know other times yet, but you can start telling them the stories. Um, so the other times that Joseph saw the Savior that we have recorded is in verse seven or section 76 and in section 110. So, um, I will tell you a little bit about those. So, section 76 is a vision that Joseph had with Sidney, Sidney Rickton while they were um, translating the Bible. They were doing, um, you know, Joseph Smith translations of the Bible. And so, I'll read a little bit. It says, By the power of the Spirit, our eyes were opened and our understandings were enlightened, so as to see and understand the things of God. Even those things which were from the beginning before the world was, which were ordained of the Father through his only begotten Son, who was in the bosom of the Father even from the beginning, of whom we bear record, and the record which we bear is the fullness of the gospel of Jesus Christ, who is the Son, whom we saw, and with whom we conversed in the whole, in the heavenly vision. For while we were doing the work of translation which the Lord had appointed unto us, we came to the twenty-ninth verse of the fifth chapter of John, which was given unto us as follows. Speaking of the resurrection of the dead, concerning those who shall hear the voice of the Son of Man, and shall come forth, they who have done good in the resurrection of the just, and they who have done evil in the resurrection of the unjust. Now this has caused us to marvel, for it was given unto us of the Spirit. And while we meditate upon these things, the Lord touched the eyes of our understandings, and they were opened. And the glory of the Lord, and the glory of the Lord shone round about, and we beheld the glory of the Son on the right hand of the Father. And received his fullness, and saw the holy angels, and them who are sanctified before his throne, worshipping God and the Lamb, who worship him forever and ever. And now, after the many testimonies which have been given of him, this is the testimony, last of all, which we give of him, that he lives. For we saw him even on the right hand of God, and we heard the voice bearing record that he is the only begotten of the Father, that by him and through him and of him the worlds are and were created, and the inhabitants thereof are begotten sons and daughters unto God. I love that scripture. That is um, in the living Christ, by the way. Uh, so the other time that Joseph saw Jesus is um, in section 110, and this is when he was in the Kirtland Temple. Um... So I'll read that. It says, The veil was taken from our minds, and the eyes of our understanding were opened. We saw the Lord standing upon the breastwork of the pulpit before us, and under his feet was a paved work of pure gold, in color like amber. His eyes were as a flame of fire. The hair of his head was white like the pure snow. His countenance shone above the brightness of the sun, and his voice was as the sound of the rushing of great waters, even the voice of Jehovah, saying, I am the first and the last. I am he who liveth, I am he who was slain, 
I am your advocate with the Father. Behold, your sins are forgiven you. You are clean before me. Therefore, lift up your heads and rejoice. Let the hearts of your brethren rejoice, and let the hearts of all my people rejoice, who have with their might built this house to my name. For behold, I have accepted this house, and my name shall be here, and I will manifest myself to my people in mercy in this house. Um, part of that is also in the living Christ, by the way. Um, I love both of those um, sections of scripture. When Christ is here and he's speaking, it's it's powerful. I love the phrasing. So if you want, you can have the kids do this week's activity page, which um, shows a picture of Joseph Smith, in, like those three experiences. So the first vision and then him seeing him when he's doing this, like um, translating the scriptures and then again in the Kirtland Temple. And then it has like puzzle pieces of the scriptures so they could try to match which scripture goes with which picture. So they could do that while you read those scriptures or you could just tell them the stories. Um, you can testify to the children that the prophet Joseph Smith saw Jesus Christ and this is one reason that we know that Jesus Christ lives. You could also list some truths that we learn about the Savior from these verses. Invite the children to identify which verses teach the truths listed on the board. What else do we learn about Jesus Christ from Joseph Smith's experiences? And why is it a blessing to know that Joseph Smith saw the risen Savior? I know it has blessed my life to know that he lives and that he, to know more about him and his countenance and his person and, and what he wants for us. I am also grateful that we understand more about the relationship between our Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ, and that they're two separate people. So, I know understanding these things and knowing that Joseph Smith witnessed it and bore record of it, I'm grateful for it. Alright, the next section is, Because of Jesus Christ, I can be forgiven of my sins. In addition to saving us from physical death, Jesus Christ provided a way for us to be saved from spiritual death. In other words, to be forgiven of our sins and return to God's presence. So you can write two headings. It doesn't have to be these exact headings, but something similar. So you could write what the Savior did and what I must do. And then you're going to read some scriptures to figure out what to put underneath each of those headings. Can I just say I did this activity as I was reading the suggested verses and I was amazed. Um... So I highlighted it <laughs> in my notes. And what I must do, I put in blue. And what the Savior did, I put in pink. And can I just tell you that like my notes are like almost pure pink. It just bore witness to me of how much our Savior loves us. And how much he's done for us. And how little is required of us. <clears throat> Sorry. Okay. So, for example... In section 18, verses 10 through 13, it tells us to remember that the worth of souls is great. <laughs> That's what we need to do. We also, down in verse 13, it says to repent. The rest of that in there is what Christ has done for us. It says, The Lord your Redeemer suffered death in the flesh, wherefore he suffered the pain of all men, that all men might repent and come unto him. And he hath risen again from the dead, that he might bring all men unto him on conditions of repentance. 
So what do we need to do? Repent. And then section 19, and this is verses 16 through 19. Again, it tells the one thing in this whole three verses that we need to do is repent. And Christ, I, God, have suffered these things for all that they might not suffer. And then down in verse 18, which suffering caused myself, even God, the greatest of all, to tremble because of pain and to bleed at every pore and to suffer both body and spirit and would that I might not drink the bitter cup and shrink. Nevertheless, glory be to the Father, and I partook and finished my preparations unto the children of men. So, you can go through all these if you would like to. The other ones um, is verse or section 45, verses 3 through 5. And then the other section is section 58, verses 42 for 40, through 43. And in that one, in verse 43, it says that not only are we supposed to repent, but we're supposed to confess and forsake. And, um, so that, I mean, it adds a little bit more to what we're supposed to do. Um, also I'd go back into section 45. It does say that we need to listen to him who is the advocate with the father, who is our savior. And we need to come unto him. And we do that by following him, keeping, keeping his commandments. So really there's not a lot required of us, but he's done so much for us. Um, so it says, share your joy and gratitude for what the savior did for us. Think about how you can do this without putting it into testimony form, right? How can you show your gratitude for your savior? How can you show your gratitude and your love and your joy in the atonement and the resurrection without saying the words. I want you just to think about what you're doing for Easter to celebrate him and to show joy in him without seeing that you love him or that you are grateful for him. How can you show your family through actions and traditions? Because those things will speak the loudest to your to your children. All right, another thing we could do is to teach the kids the third article of faith. You could help them memorize it or you can help them um, make like pictures that are like keywords in it to help them learn it and understand it. So I'll read just in case you don't remember what the third article of faith is. It says, we believe that through the atonement of Christ, all mankind may be saved by obedience to the laws and ordinances of the gospel. Another thing you could do, um, there's a link in the manual or you can go find it on the church's website. There's a video called The Shiny Bicycle, which is really good. It's really cute. Um, I've seen it a few times. Um, I'll just remind you if you have seen it or if you haven't seen it, I'll tell you kind of what it was about. So there's a boy who gets an awesome shiny bicycle from his parents and he loves his bike. But then pretty soon all of his friends... Um, getting bikes and they all got red bicycles because that was the cool thing to do and so he kind of felt left out so he told his parents he wanted to paint his bicycle red and they told him it would not be a good idea to do that but he did it anyway <laughs> so he took his money and he went and he bought red paint and he tried to paint his bicycle and he ruined his bicycle and so he went to his parents and he apologized and told him what he did wrong 
and his dad helped him figure out how to fix his bicycle. So he went through work in the process of trying to fix it. And he said it was hard and it took a long time. But he was able to make his bicycle look new again. And then after that, he was grateful that he had a shiny bicycle and that the paint was able to come off. And so, we, you know, it's an analogy to tie back to what the Savior can do to us. He can make us shiny and new again. Um, it says you could also use your own story about a child who made a wrong choice and then they chose to repent. It could be a personal story that, of your own or it can be um, one you can find in the friend. The friend has so many stories you could use. And then you could use that as a discussion with your family to help the kids discuss what what the child in the story did to receive forgiveness and think about what the Savior has done to make it possible for us to be forgiven. I just want to end with telling you how much I love my Savior and I know that He loves me so much and I know that He loves you and I know He loves our children. Sometimes when I think about how much he loves my children, it makes me rethink how I treat them. <laughs> I don't abuse them, but I get frustrated very easily. And uh, I'm sure that's very normal for a lot of moms to get frustrated at their kids. But when I think about these precious little souls and how much our Savior loves them, and I've been thinking a lot about... certain situations in my in our home and sometimes after I've reacted badly I sit down and I think what would Jesus have done in that situation and every time every time I realize that he would get on their level and tell them he loves them and probably give them a big hug and explain to them with love and patience what they did wrong and then he would help them make it right because that's what he's all about is making it right and teaching us that we can do better and I'm grateful that I'm able to repent and do better as a mother every day because I am far, far, far from perfect. I make so many mistakes. But I'm grateful that I can take advantage of what he did for me. And be forgiven. And try again. I hope you all know how much your Savior loves you. And how much he is willing to help you as a mother, a father a friend, a wife, a, mother, a father, what, or whatever your, your role is, he can be there to support you and to encourage you and help you be a little bit better. And I hope you think about him this Easter and, and focus your activities and traditions on him and what it means to be saved. I also hope you guys enjoy conference 
and have some fun traditions around that. I am really excited. I love conference. So I will talk to you all next week. Thank you.